Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is January 10th, 2021, and it's a brand new Monday. Andres, what's happening? Uh, not much, <laughs> and that's province-wide. Not a lot going <laughs> on, <laughs> you know? Uh, sometimes coping mechanisms come up, and um, humor at this point is what's gonna get me through it. Um, but yeah, not a lot other than school and work um, and puppy walks. That's that's what's been up so far, and um, trying to make the best out of, uh, out of uh, the current situation. How about you, Rishang? What's up? Nothing, nothing much. Same old, same old. Um, as you know, I'm still in the states right now. Uh, seems like I say that quite a lot, but <laughs> basically, the states is my second home. You know, Canada being my first. Here for another week or so, and then I'll be back in good old Ottawa. So trying to enjoy the little bit warmer weather we're having down here. It's still pretty chilly and cold, lots of snow on the ground, but obviously not as cold as good old Canada. Yeah, that that seems to be about right. That's just life right now. Uh, in between winter and COVID, just trying to do our best to stay healthy and warm uh all we can do at this point and just enjoy the little things in life exactly so andreas little things or big things what did you learn this past week uh this past week i learned about or uh, about panda diplomacy and how china uses pandas as part of their foreign policy which is interesting uh like i like you know like uh, like it's not only you know diplomacy uh, through actions and trades and all of that, but also I figure out like it's interesting. It's an interesting concept how um, how they use uh, not like how they use a specific animal as part of their foreign policy with uh, with other countries. So that was pretty interesting to learn about. Um, oh, that that's very interesting. What what do they do? Uh, so, like, for everyone out there, so pandas, all pandas, are property of China, uh, no matter where they are at, uh, just because uh, pandas are endemic to China. So, that meaning that their entire habitat is in China's land. So, what they do is that they loan their pandas. So, every single zoo that anyone goes to... Um, the panda over there is, uh, before it started, like, you know, as gifts, people will give it, like, nations will gift each other things. So at the very, very, very early on, that was, like, some of the pandas were gifts. But then after that, China realized that they could use pandas as a, in a certain way, as a tool to get diplomacy going or to uh, do policy, foreign policy with other countries. So then they started loaning their pandas. Uh, for every year, uh, the panda, it's on loan. It's a million dollars from what, if I remember correctly. So if you see a panda in a zoo, that is costing a million dollars per year or something around those lines. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, um, you know, like pandas... Um, like, I know at least in Mexico City, we had, like, a huge program uh, back in the 70s. And I think it went into the 80s in order to... That thing with pandas is, like, uh, and zoos, basically, is uh, trying to conserve species and all of that. So there was a huge program in Mexico uh, City because we had pandas given to the us on, in the 70s or something. Uh, which is also really weird because they were given right before the entire panda diplomacy started being a thing. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so anyway, so once like, um, uh, they figure out how to be able to reproduce, uh, pandas in a safe environment, uh, a lot of, uh, then it went into trying to take power from pandas. So if they have kids in a certain, like if they have their cubs, uh, the cubs, belong to China. They do not belong to the zoo that they were bred in. <laughs> so that's why constantly you see like, oh, pandas from, I think it was 
from the Chicago Zoo now are going somewhere else. It's because that's how panda diplomacy works. China can take their pandas at any point if they want to,、uh, and put them wherever they want to be given、uh, to strengthen their、uh, their relationship. So there's they. Uh, at one point, they wanted to strengthen their relationship, I believe, with the UK, just because of fish,、uh, fish imports, because that's something that China really wants, as well as like the upgrowing middle class, high upper class in China. You know, luxury items like Land Rovers and like British items. So、um, they use pandas to kind of like do that, like in like improve their relationship with the UK.、Uh, And then they also use them to send messages. So when the entire、uh, Malaysian airline disaster happened,、uh, um, so Malaysia was supposed to get a panda, but the Chinese government delayed that for a couple of months to send a message that you need to carry on with this investigation. You need to figure out what happened to this flight. So they kept the panda for a couple of months before sending it. Over to Malaysia as a form of saying like, you need to get done what you need to get done、uh, because we're not happy with you right now. So, yeah, pandas are used as a foreign policy device. Well, that's honestly something that I never heard of until today. So I definitely learned that. You know, it's cool how like I learned so much from our own podcast because obviously we do like you know we go our separate ways for the week and then we do our own reading. But then every time we Talk about something new. It's like learning a whole new like topic of conversation that I can bring up in future conversations with other people. Yeah, it, like and that's definitely something. Like sometimes after we're done recording, I'll go and Google stuff because I'm just like that sounded interesting. So definitely go and check out. Like if anyone's interested, check out Panda Diplomacy. There's videos about it, or you can just go and Wikipedia it.、Uh, but it's an interesting concept for sure. How about you, Rishang? What did you learn this week? Um. So this week I learned something pretty cool and interesting. Um. So I recently was fortunate enough to visit the International Spy Museum in Washington D.C. It was a really cool museum. Um. They had really different exhibits and experiences set up. Um. It was one of a the really cool interactive, where you know you get to do small cool these cool spy missions along the way as you go through the exhibits. So. I found the museum to be really cool and fascinating because it really taught you how you know spies and intelligence reporting has been thing throughout history. You know, ever since the early early Greeks and the Romans to even now,、um, obviously the things that we spy and that we gather intelligence has shifted and moved over the years. But in you know in practice, they're all similar things.、Um, obviously, the technology has advanced now where. You can you know listen into people's conversations, take pictures without others just noticing. But I thought that spy museum was really cool.、Um, so I think you know if you're ever in that area, definitely go down there.、Um, it does cost money, unlike some of the other Smithsonian、uh, museums, which are free. This one did cost us twenty six US dollars, but I think it's totally worth it, especially if you have kids or you know even if you have adults that that are interested in this.、Um, I think it's definitely worth it because when I was growing up, I would read the Alex Schweiger series. You know, I don't know if you know the Alex Schweiger series, Andres, but they recently did come out with a TV sh-、um, show for it as well. But you know, it was really cool just looking at all the different gadgets that spies use,、um, different、um, missions that they've been in throughout history, throughout the world, not just American history, but like you know, throughout the world. So I think it was a really cool place, really cool museum, and definitely. You know, a big, big recommendation for myself. Absolutely, well, that's pretty interesting. Spy museums are like such a cool thing. I feel like a little kid all the time. Exactly, and I think you know, even though I'm twenty six, twenty seven years old, I had a lot of fun.、Um, so whether you're, you know, three, four, five, six years old, or seventy, eighty years old, it's I think it's good fun for everyone. Is it like a very interactive museum? 
It is. So at the beginning, they gave you like, you know, your spy name and your cover story and you get like this cool card that you get to keep at the end of the museum thing. And throughout the exhibits, there's different things that you have to like look up or test your memory or, you know, different things that you have to do. It was really cool. So I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. It reminds me of this five museum I did in Berlin, which was also a lot of fun. Oh, well, I didn't know Berlin had one. Maybe it is like, I guess it says International Fire Museum, so maybe it's like, you know, something in throughout the world. Probably. Maybe we'll delve into spice later on. Exactly. Um, so, you know, uh, we, as we just mentioned, where, whether you're young or old, we all have cool memories, um, you know, from our past. So this week I wanted to have a fun conversation about... childhood memories you know whether it's from mexico or nepal or even canada right i consider us to be still children you know obviously we're not fully children but children at heart um, so i want to talk about childhood memories Man, just talk, just listening to that reminded me of some, and there's just so many, <laughs> so we'll have to pick our favorites. All right, Andre, so why don't you start us off with some of your favorite childhood memories that, you know, whether it brings happiness or sadness or whatever it is, you know, what are some of the earliest memories you have in life, pretty much? Um, so some of them, like... Like, there's just so many to choose from. So I'll start with one experience that I had as a childhood. So I've always said, like, Montreal holds a special place in my heart. And no, this is not because I just moved. It's because actually in uh, the early 2000s, I actually lived in Montreal with my family. Uh, my dad got transferred for work here for a while. So I got my... first experience in Canada was when I was six years old uh, and it was just magical. I just remember my days in elementary school uh, with my teacher and my friends and I remember uh, I don't remember my first snowfall per se like the first day I actually saw snow but I for sure remember my first winter uh, age six and honestly It was just, it was so much fun going sledding and going tubing. And it's just like, it, it is just like nice and beautiful of a memory. Um, I still remember Christmas uh, that year and my gifts. Uh, I got the Harry Potter books uh, during that, like the first four Harry Potter books for that Christmas, uh, which was very nice. Uh, what else do I remember? Um, Of course, I remember uh, going to school. Don't remember the specifics of school. I just remember going to uh, to first grade and just a couple of like recess. Uh, I have very present in my mind, especially like at the very beginning. I spent a lot of time with my younger sibling uh, because we were the uh, we just knew each other, <laughs> and while well, we were trying to make friends and at the same time navigating. the big language gap uh, from Spanish to English. Um, there's certain times, like, I don't know why, but childhood memories spark when, like, now that I sometimes walk through downtown or when I go to Mont Royal, um, there's, or, or, like, even just riding the metro, uh, there's sometimes, like, memories spark or, like, a certain feeling sparks in my mind. And I'm just like, what is that from? But it's probably like something in the surroundings is triggering a memory or something very on like, probably at this point on a very subconscious level because I, I'm not able to bring it up front to actually remember, but something like just no feelings come up. Uh, and I just think it's like something from, from that year that we lived in Montreal comes up. So I would say that's one of like there's many memories encompassing that but i put it into one because it's like a very specific time point uh, in life um so yeah i would say that's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite memories uh, i have uh when i was a young when i was younger when i was a when i was a little kid strumming around how would you appreciate what some of like what are some memories that you Uh, what, are, what is a memory that you hold, like, you cherish? 
Um, so some going all the way back to my childhood in Nepal, some of the fun memories I had of there, you know, like I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but just going to those large um, festival gatherings when back then in Nepal, when all of our family was, you know, in Nepal, so we could go from family to family to family to relatives house throughout the festivals, enjoying, you know, good food and just enjoying good company. I think, you know, some of my early memories is taking the really scary buses in Nepal to the villages where my grandparents lived and, you know, staying there for the festival season. Uh, my grandparents at that time had lots of, you know, animals like cows, chickens. And I remember, you know, milking those cows as a young boy. Obviously, you know, I didn't do a good job because I wasn't strong enough, but it was a fun thing to just watch and even try to attempt. But I think one of my most fun memories from back in Nepal was, you know, what we would always... So at that time, it was just my parents and myself. My brother hadn't been born yet. Um, we'd go to, you know, people's house for dinner or whatever. And I'd be so tired and lazy that, you know, I didn't want to walk myself to my dad's motorcycle. So I'd pretend like I was already sleeping. So my parents would have to, you know, carry me to the motorcycle and take me home. And I think that's one thing that, that just shows like a little fun, mischievous side of me. Because even though I was pretty much wide awake, I was just too lazy to walk to the motorcycle, so I'd pretend, you know, like I was sleeping. So then my parents would have to pick me up. And obviously, you know, being super young at that age, only three, four, five, six years old, they obviously picked me up and put me in the motorcycle and took me home. And then I just remember, you know, opening my eyes in the middle of the roads, just seeing all the houses fly by and finally getting home and just going to bed. So I think that's one of the coolest and fun memories that I can remember. I believe that, you know, those I want to say that around age three four five was when that happened I honestly can't say when the first time I did that was and another really fun memory that I remember was when all of my first cousins you know would all be together mostly on my mom's side because on my dad's side we were, I think we were a little bit more all over the place but for my mom's side we were pretty close so we'd all go to you know our oldest um, uncles or oldest aunt's house and just all you know, find a place on the living room to put our pillows and blankets and just watch Hindi movies at that time, you know, so it'd be my mom, my all my cousins, you know, aunt and uncles, whoever wanted to come, and all my cousins pretty much on my mom's side at um, laying on the floor watching Hindi movies throughout the night and just spending the night together. And I think that was a lot of fun because, like, obviously all of us have moved away now, you know, some of us are in... in the eastern hemispheres others in the west some in the north some in the south so all over the place but looking back that was definitely one of the most fun i remember because you know you were such a close-knit family everyone just came together watch movies and it was like a big sleepover with you know all, all of your close friends and cousins you know so i i really enjoyed that and looking back i wish i could do that more often but obviously you know <laughs> as you get older it's a lot harder to do that when everyone was away Oh, oh, definitely. I think, yeah, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of those memories with family, like even though sometimes they seem small, once you start growing, they just become some of the most cherished moments you have. Um, I still remember a lot of my, the times like the, during the weekends when we will go visit grandma and all the cousins will be there. There were fights, <laughs> a lot of fighting, playing soccer, but I still like, they were like little memories that now that when I think about it, it's like, like now that I see like my cousins, we're like now we're all we're grown ups now. So <laughs> fun times now. We just sit around the table and try to have nice conversations. We still bother each other at times, most of the times, with certain cousins, not all cousins. Um, some of us are cool, others are not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree with you, and I think. Talking about cousins, you know, it's always, I feel like I've seen this meme so many times that most of the time, you know, it's your mom's side of the family. That's a fun, cool cousins, fun, cool aunts and uncles. And the dad side is a more serious, you know, more um, diplomatic kind of side of the family. And for my family, I definitely agree with that because like, I'm not like putting anyone down, but my mom's, I was definitely growing up, definitely closer to my mom's side of the family because we'd have First of all, we just had generally more cousins on that side because my mom's family is super huge. 
And second, I think we just did more things often because we lived closer to one another and we weren't all over the place. And there was a lot of cousins, you know, around my age or a little bit older than me so that they really took care of me. And, you know, even now, I definitely am closer to my mom's side of the cousins just because it's more like, not free for all, but more of like that teasing, joking kind of interactions versus my dad's side of family, which is more like formal and more like turn by turn based talking, I guess, if you want. It's like, it's almost like a UN conference, you know, you take turns talking, be nice to each other. Whereas on my mom's side, it's like, you know, you make fun of each other, you joke with each other, you'd be super loud and just have a good time. Love, yeah, no, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, a universal thing. Probably uh, there's exceptions to that, but that same on the like on my side, there's some cousins from my dad's side of the family that I'm able to do that, but generally, family wide, it's not something like that. It's just very. There's, I would say there's four, four cousins I can do that with. And that's about it. Uh, uh, yeah, same with uncles and aunts. There's only one or two that I can actually do that. I don't know. Maybe it's just the idea of respect. It's different in that side of the family than mom's side of the family. Don't know. But for me, as I, I like in terms of like childhood memories, I spent a lot of time with my dad's side of the family, actually. But uh, the fun side is my mom's side of the family. And even though we didn't see each other that often, um, because one, we're more spread apart around Mexico City, but two, uh, the family members my mom is closer with, they all moved to the north of the country, so made it harder uh, to visit them. Um, especially like, you know, early 2000s, the northern part of Mexico was pretty rough with, uh, kind of like, it, it was like the spill zone from like the war on drugs from the states and Mexico trying to also control drugs from our end. So the north part was pretty crazy. So, uh, visiting the northern part was not, like, I think during my childhood, I only went once, uh, that I can remember. Probably I went before that. There's pictures, but I don't remember. Uh, but there was only one time that we actually traveled up north for like the holidays that I can remember. Um, but like we're closer. I like my mom's side of the family is definitely the fun side. Um, we get uh, no matter when we get together, it's always uh, a wild time. And like with the cousins, like I we can go out and like we can go clubbing or just drinking in general. And it's uh, it's a little bit more fun. And we just get things spicier <laughs> in mom's side of the family. Uh, but yeah, I know. I, I remember birthday parties at times. They're just like, when I think about birthday parties, I'm just like, how do children celebrate their birthdays now? Is it still like, do they still have friends over at their house to have birthday parties? Or how do they do it now? You know, because like birthday parties were like a big thing. Especially like if your birthday landed during the school year, uh, giving invitation to your friends and just all the entire shenanigans around birthday birthday parties. And I'm like sometimes I think I'm like, how do kids celebrate their birthdays now? Yeah, I think a lot of things have changed. I mean, even one of the things that really gets to me, you know, is growing up, we didn't have technology as like kids do nowadays. And that's not just me going through my boomer facing back in my day. Like, it's actually true, though, right? <laughs> we had to find so many ways to distract ourselves. And one of the main ways was just to be outside until like 10, 11 at night with our friends doing whatever. But nowadays, literally, you know, I feel like a lot of kids have a phone or even like tablets to their disposable. I mean, for better or worse, like, you know, uh, maybe they're learning more than we did back in the day. But I think times have definitely changed. So definitely I'd be interested to know how they would, you know, they would celebrate birthdays or even any other celebrations, right? Oh, yeah. I, I just don't know. I remember like for me when... Uh... I mean, during the academic year, I, we were always, my mom kept us busy, so, um, so yeah, but during the summers when there's school and we had more free time, uh, I spent most of the time at the sports club with my friends, and I remember 
uh, literally the like it will be the sports club in the morning. My mom will mom will drop us off, and then around um, around uh, dinner time, like for us, which is around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, when mom will pick us up to go have dinner. And then after that, she will drop us off back again at the sports club <laughs> after that. Or sometimes we'll organize something with some, like with a friend that will live closer and then we'll go for dinner over there and then back to the sports club. And yeah, it was just a lot more fun. I don't know. Like I was always outside during the summer. Like I don't remember being home for most of the summers. So um, I don't know. It was just like something I just remember being super silly, having sleepovers. That was a lot of fun also. Um, but in terms of school, Bruchang, what are some things you remember from your childhood? Um, so school is, I think I mentioned this, you know, back in way, way early when we started this podcast, but school is like, was a little bit weird for me because I moved around so much. I w attended so many schools. So I have something cool about like each school I went to almost. Um, not each school because that'd be a lot, but like, some of the main ones I went to. So the main one I went to in Nepal was called Mount Gauri Sankar School. I did, so in Nepal, there's some, before you get to like first grade and kindergarten, there's things called lower kindergarten and upper kindergarten. So you start school really young. Um, before kindergarten, you do LKG. And then after kindergarten, you do UKG. And then you go into first grade. So... One of my most embarrassing memories, I guess, this, you know, this is good to the embarrassing side of things, was <laughs> I was in school one day and I guess I had a really bad stomach or something. And I asked my, you know, teacher to go to the bathroom and the bathrooms at the school at that time was outside. It wasn't inside the building. It was outside, almost like an outhouse, but not obviously the, not a true outhouse. It was like outside the building. So when I went there, and back in the day, my mom loved to dress me in overalls, you know. And mm -hmm. I guess I just had such a bad stomach or something. I remember this so clearly because I pooped all over my underwear and my <laughs> overalls. And literally my overalls in my, like, butt area, it ballooned up like a balloon. <laughs> literally, and, like in the cartoons. Yeah, no, I literally did. And I remember, like, I think after that, obviously, like, the t future came and saw what happened, you know. Because um, I hadn't come for a while. So then they called my mom and I believe she came th to pick me up. I don't remember fully what happened afterwards, but I just remember going to the bathroom and just having that big accident. And I, I don't think I was embarrassed because I was like super young, obviously, at that time. Mm -hmm. So, But obviously, you know, you're a kid and you can only do so much. But looking back, it's just funny because like even now I have like when I have stomach issues, I'm like, shit, I don't want that to happen now, right? Because now it'd be a lot more embarrassing than when you were back only like three, four years old. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think we all have those moments that it's like, oh, no, and then you just run. <laughs> exactly. And then so that was like my early school. And then once I moved to New Zealand, some of my first memories of there um, was learning the game of fr cricket fully. So I talked about cricket in the past, but I love cricket. So then when I started playing cricket, I realized I was just really good at cricket. Um, this was only when I was like six, seven, eight years old. And at that time, I was really good. So for my school, I was actually the school representative for my district. And I just remember playing cricket, you know, after school every day, going to all these competitions and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. That then, sounds like a fun time. Exactly. It's just like, like you mentioned about like, you know, after school sporting events and stuff. I think that's where... Obviously, we're both big into sports, so that's where I really sh um, shined. Mm -hmm. and, and then once I moved to the States, I think it was just the... Because U.S., you know, it's truly a melting pot. People from all corners of the world come. So then coming to the U.S. and going to school, meeting people from literally all over the world that I had never seen before, you know, whether it was from people from South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, Peru, Chile you know, or Hong Kong, Taiwan, like so many people. And it was just so cool to have that diverse set of friends. So I think those were some of my coolest memories from my childhood. What about you, Andres? Um, in terms of school, like elementary wise, uh, I mean, I went to one kindergarten and then elementary school, I have two because one was here in Canada and the other one is in Mexico. 
So for me, um, yeah, well, first of all, uh, my elementary school was Catholic. So I went to Catholic school. So a lot of like memories come from that. So uh, sometimes when it comes to joking about going to Catholic school, uh, definitely uh, some of the stereotypes lived. And I just make fun of that because I went to element <laughs> like, uh, like I went to a nun's school. So, you know, mass and prayers and all of that. Uh, uniform. Like the other thing for me is uniforms. Uh, they were a thing until high school. Uh, so always wearing a uniform. Remember in the morning, making sure that your uniform was pressed and that uh, your shoes were shined um, just so that you look good to go to school. Uh, I remember like a lot of times like mom being like it's time to go and just running out the door to make it to school on time uh, that was a lot of fun for me yeah it was just a crazy ride sometimes and one of like my big vivid memories from childhood well there's two one is like being part of I don't even know how to call it but you know the kids that like during uh for us it's every Monday uh like there will be a ceremony uh in which like you know we carry the flag and then you're just marching around uh and then you sing the national anthem and all of that so um that was such a privilege back when you were like in elementary school because you have to be at the top of your class in order to be part of it so it like it was pretty cool was the only boy on it uh because i was the only smart one so <laughs> uh not in that like but like average wise i was like on the top average uh top tier of the class so got asked to do that and because i was the only boy then they're like okay fine you're the one that's gonna be doing uh giving the command so that felt pretty cool uh because even though I was, like, not the one carrying the flag, um, I was the one giving the commands on how, like, to do the marching, which was pretty cool. Uh, so definitely that. Uh, then another one, because once again, went to Catholic school. Uh, I think it was Mother's Day. And, of course, we put up a mask for moms. Uh, but... You know, in order to get the kids interacting with religion and with the service and math and all of that, uh, for this special occasion, I think, I don't remember what the gospel was, but it, it had, like, it definitely involved Mary because she's a mother. Uh, and then I remember vividly, they're like, we need, uh, they were like, okay, uh, someone needs to be Jesus. And it was like this moment, I think it was like, uh, Jesus was on the cross or something that they that it was the gospel for the day or something like that and they're like Andres you're gonna do it I was like okay uh they didn't tell me <laughs> ahead of time that what I had to do like literally was like just being on like pretending to be on the cross but that also involved me just being on like tidy whities and a piece of cloth around my waist mm -hmm. and um uh, I had like to walk, like they covered me, uh, but I had to walk from the Spanish principal's office over to the auditorium. And I just remember being not ashamed, but very, very pretty self-conscious of like, like because we were in school grounds and everyone's in their uniform and I'm over here just on, I think it was just a jacket pair of tidy whities and a piece of fabric around my waist and I was like on grade five so I was probably 10 so I was just like oh my god my friends are gonna look at me naked <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then at the time I'm just like also all the moms are gonna see me like this what is going on so and also for weird because we're in catholic school so yeah that's one of the big like very vivid um, memories that I had um so yeah that was that was quite something in, in terms of academics and that of course um I remember yeah there's just like and also a lot of academic contests because 
you know, uh, I was very involved in in that and teachers pushing you through uh, academic content. There's lots of academic contents back in Mexico, like, uh, you know, the Youth Olympiad on knowledge and mathematics, English. Um, yeah, there's so many contests that uh, I was part of, which, yeah, was interesting having to prepare for them. But it was fun, fun times in Catholic school. Yeah, when you brought up math Olympiads, I brought up a memory for me because in so grade six, seven, and eight in the U.S., I was part of the math team, and I think I was definitely not one of the smarter ones. I would say I was one of the dumber ones because I had joined really late, so a lot of the people had joined from like grade four and five, and you know when I talk about smart people, like these were all people destined to go to like med school and stuff, and then there's me. But anyway, grade six, I think grade seven, actually, I went to a competition and I ended up getting sixth place in the state. And I think that was one of my happiest memories because that's when I got that, you know, when my name was called for sixth place in the state, there was over like, I think over more uh, 100, 200 people that wrote that um, test, math Olympiad test. Um, it made me so proud of myself, you know. So mm -hmm. when you get awards or things like that, it always, and especially when you're a kid, it always gives your self-esteem a boost because you're like wait i'm capable of this right oh absolutely and also honor roll like now in university um dance list but like uh being on the uh honor roll was like something uh such a big honor to be part of and everyone was fighting at least uh where i went to school uh some kids were really fighting to be on that um not to brag or anything, but I cannot remember a time I was not <laughs> in on a roll. So, yeah, I was. I was that kid that was always there. Uh, all like literally all since elementary school until high school. I don't remember a period that I was not there. Um, and yeah, uh, for me, like in terms of academic content, the one that really has a memory on mine is uh, an English contest. Um, uh, yeah, kind of like math Olympiad, but for English. <laughs> so uh, I remember all the prep that we had to do for that. It was it was intense at the time. When I look back at it, I'm just like the amount of pressure that they put kids under in order to for them to uh, like be able to do good. Uh, that was it was something. Um, but yeah, but then also for me, a lot of my childhood memories come from extracurriculars or just being involved in other stuff outside, outside of school. So for example, for me, a big part of my uh, childhood memories are around sports just because, um, yeah, it was like my mom had us involved in everything. So in terms of sports, uh, the big ones for like the big one for me was Taekwondo, even though people sometimes don't believe that. <laughs> um, uh, so Taekwondo was like a huge part of of my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the same with me because I mean, sports was an outlet, right? Like you went to school, you studied six, seven hours a day, but then when you were whatever you're doing um sport wise it was a chance to be with your friends but also just have a stress free kind of you know fun really oh yeah yeah it was like somewhere to like put steam up um but yeah also um for us was i don't know um mom wanted us to be more involved so uh so yeah it became uh, when you look at it, sometimes it, it, it was like a full-time job at times. So uh, for me, whenever, uh, when athletes, like at, like the, like, you know, elite athletes and all of that, they talk about how much they invest in time in there or how much, like when, they're, when they were younger, they were starting to invest time on that. Uh, I can relate to it because it is a commitment. Like I would say... I would spend between 20 to 30 hours outside of school, like training, <laughs> which is like when you're like an 11 year old, that's a lot of time committed 
to sport, but that's just like, you know, we were, um, we were really focused on it and we really wanted to do good. And we just, at some point we turned into like wanting to be the best at the sport. I don't remember when that turning point was, but, um, yeah, I remember, uh, there would be a lot of competitions, um, during that time, provincials, club and all of that level competitions a lot of stress at times i would say but it was definitely it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it Absolutely, you know, that brings back so many memories and I'm sure we could talk about this forever and ever. But one thing I did want to talk about was what are some like funny memories that you remember from when you were like, you know, either super young or a little bit older, like, you know, share some of those memories if you want. Uh, some of my fun memories, I would say, are uh, are just things that I did with friends outside of school. Um, you know, going to their houses and just playing. It was always interesting. It was like I don't know for you if it was the same, but it was always interesting to go to a friend's house and just looking at literally at their house and like where they lived. I don't know. It was just like always like, ooh, what your house is going to look like and all of the little things like that. It was always, I don't know. It was curious. Like it was like an item of curiosity uh, for me. Uh, so a lot of fun things like that. I remember one funny memory was like we were at my place and I think we were doing a school project or something and we started running around the house and then um, we had uh, for to get into the kitchen, we had this door. That is not fixed, but it's one of those doors that opens either way. Um, and it doesn't have a doorknob or anything. It's just like one of those like doors, like just like a swinging door. Um, and then I remember like we went and we hid under the table or we were doing something. And I remember my friend storming into the kitchen and literally um, pushing the table and then we created a giant mess that my mom was not happy with. So that's one. Uh, another memory when we had a sleepover, uh, we told our friend like, oh, you should feed our dogs. And I think at that time we had the German Shepherd and the San Bernard. Um, so we told our friend like, oh yeah, help us feed the dog. And then <laughs> my dog in a playful manner bit his, uh, bit his butt so that was so funny um then oh another one sports related was like every single time in taekwondo you turn a new belt collar uh they will talk because in the sports club uh it would that's where we practice uh they will chase you around the sports club and once they caught you they will throw you into the pool so that's also like a big a big memory is just running around trying to not be caught and then being tossed into the uh, into the pool with like your dabak, which is like the Taekwondo uniform. Uh, so those are some of the funny memories, especially like the one where my friend got bit by my dog. That is hilarious. I don't know how we trick him into like helping us feed our dogs, but it was so funny because he was running around the garage. <laughs> because he didn't want to get bit. <laughs> it was actually so funny and we had to rescue him. <laughs> How would you reach What are some funny memories you have? Um, so one of the funniest memories I can think of was so the first time I moved to New Zealand, you know, my dad took me and my mom to the beach and having lived in Nepal, which is a landlocked country, I had never seen a beach in my life before, right? So I remember going to the beach and I'm, I see all this water and I just remember being so scared of being even going to the water at all because the waves would come and go, come and go. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I was only like six at the time. So I, and I have photos of this, but in that first beach trip, I remember literally all the photos that I'm in the water. My dad's picking me up because I was too scared to go in the water. <laughs> okay. Um, but that was the first time. But after that, like, you know, having going back to the beach quite often, I got used to it so fast. And I just and then after that, I turned into a huge water person because every time we went to the beach or, um, you know, pool, I would just jump right in and go swimming because I took swimming lessons early on. Obviously, not as a pro swimmer as you, Andreas, but I do love going into the water, whether it's in the Pacific Ocean or the cool refreshing lakes of Canada.
I love me some swim. I mean, for me, actually becoming like, I'm not even that good of a swimmer, but uh, being involved in uh, competitive swimming, I, like that was actually in high school. So it's another sports related thing, but that was all the way until, like I learned to swim when I was a kid, but did not get involved in it until high school. So uh, yeah, swimming is so much fun. I, I rem- like, I don't know. I, yeah. Cannonballs, those are a huge part of it. I remember exactly. And like the you know, the first time you go on a diving board, oh so much fun. Yes, a lot of fun. I yeah, I think I still have a jump from a 10 meter like diving board. I think I still yeah. have to do that. I haven't either. That's on my list too. Maybe cliff jumping one day. Maybe, yeah. I really I really want to do that. Just get it over with. I mean, I don't know why I haven't done it. I've done free falls and zip lining which is like way <laughs> higher up than 10 meters uh and you're strapped to a piece of technically fabric and going through the forest with it so don't know why like i've done cliff jumping like from small cliffs in cancun which is fun um uh, but i've never done a 10 meter jump like from the like an actual 10 meter like you know diving board so definitely want to do that one day. Yep, exactly. And then another really funny memory I has, have was the first time I flew, you know, went through an airport, an airplane, one of my layovers. It was so just me and my mom because my dad was already in New Zealand at this time. Me and my mom were at the Hong Kong airport and it was like almost like a 12, 14 hour layover. And my mom was chilling with like these other Nepali people that we found at the airport and I needed to go to the um, restroom. So the, you know, the other family had like two kids a little bit older than me, but they, you know, led me to the bathroom. And so some airport bathrooms, it's very strange because you can go from one side and then come out the complete opposite side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being only six at that time, obviously I, and being at the airport, brand new, you know, brand new airport, I had no idea you know where to go or what to do so then when they showed me around i'm like okay i think i know it so i went to the bathroom did my stuff and then when i come out i couldn't find the people that took me to the bathroom i was so lost <laughs> and i just remember panicking because i'm like i'm gonna be lost i'm gonna be lost but yeah then I, started, I started walking i like no one looked familiar and then after a while i actually got really scared so then at that time i didn't know english too well so then i found an employee who worked there and i f- followed him a little bit I asked him a question, but obviously he didn't understand me because I didn't know English, so I I, I asked it in Nepali. <laughs> so it was kind of scary, but eventually the people that took me the, to the restroom, you know, they found me. And but that's what I remember for you know that that's a thing funny thing about memories because that's what I remember. My mom says that didn't happen, but I don't. I honestly think that did happen. I think she's the one that's misremembering because. I remember walking behind that employee, you know, asking for directions in Nepali so vividly. I don't think I'm just making that up. So I think my mom's actually the one misremembering, and I remember that pretty straightforward. Hey, sometimes parents can misremember things. Exactly. But yeah, those are some like, you know, fun, scary as a child, but now funny uh, memories that I remember. Oh, childhood. Life was so much simpler then. Then now, oh, I agree. I wish I could be a kid again. No responsibilities, no bills to pay. Come on, let's do that again. I know, right? Taxes, you don't, you, yeah, you give your parents money for being a kid. <laughs> and now you pay the government. Exactly. But, oh, uh, so much. It's always nice going down memory lane. Exactly. And I feel like we could do this for an hour and ever. But you know what? We have so many more episodes to come, so why don't we save it for future episodes, Andres? We'll do it for sure. Let's move on to our very last second, Brushank. Absolutely. What are you looking forward to this for this upcoming week, Andres? For the upcoming week is keep on now with routine. I think I found like a good balance now. So keeping up with that. Um, there's a couple of things that need to be modified with because of restrictions uh i always usually plan and run my errands on sundays but that's no longer possible because i misread restrictions uh did not fully like like yeah anyways uh so have to do some restructuring uh but looking forward uh to that 
and yeah, not there's not much with like honestly, it's sometimes uh, probably yeah no, there's not much to be looking forward to for this week. It's just one of those weeks that I'll just have to get through. Um, yes, there's not a lot to look forward. I'm looking forward to like going like classes. They're like all of them seem to be pretty interesting this term. Not that last term there were not, but like this term, uh, you know, as we're guessing, things get a little more uh, complex, which I, I really like more complex uh, concepts. And I don't know, they're just like, it seems like very fresh material. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, I know I'm a huge nerd. I like school. Okay, don't come at me. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, I think that's the most, the most I'm looking forward to um, because even weather-wise, even though it's not like Saskatchewan cold, uh, it's supposed to be like, there's a couple of days that it's supposed to be cold for Montreal standards, which is underneath 20 degrees. So um, we'll see how that feels because it's humid cold. So let's see how that one feels. But yeah, that's pretty standard grad school week. How would you be saying what you're looking forward for the week? Uh, for the upcoming week, I look forward to being back home in Ottawa, Canada. You know, I left Ottawa, Canada almost four or five weeks ago, so it's been some time. I'm ready to go back to Ottawa, Canada. Obviously, I will miss my girlfriend here, but Canada is always nice. You know, I miss it. When I travel to cool and awesome places, Canada is home. So I look forward to being home, being going back to the normal schedule again, and, you know, my birthday is right around the corner, although I probably won't do much because I really don't do much for my birthdays anyway, mm -hmm. especially with COVID. But even normal years, you know, that's just another year of getting older. So maybe plan something for my birthday if, you know, restrictions are somewhat loosened. But if they're not, that's okay. But, you know, just take it day by day like we have for the last two years. That's the best we can do, buddy. Exactly. So Andres, where can the listeners reach out to us if they want to talk to us about their childhood memories? If you want to tell us about your childhood memories, you can reach us out at the Two Average Brambrose Podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And yeah, share with us, like, what are some childhood memories that you truly cherish? Uh, some fun ones or and some that you're like, don't know if these will fly nowadays with today's society. Um, but yeah, you can reach us over there for anything you want to talk about or any topics that you want us to uh, to talk about, especially with the new year. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about uh, in the upcoming weeks. Absolutely. Like always, you know, if you have any comments, questions, concerns or private stuff, reach out to us. Let us know. Let us know what your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings on anything. Previous week's episode, this week's episode, for future episodes, you want to bring us you know bring us to late we'll be happy to talk about it all exactly but other than that that's it for this week's episode of the two hours podcast and we'll catch you out next week bye see ya